Well, hello and good day, beautiful, spectacular, marvelous miracles of life. What a privilege and honor to be with you again. I hope that you're doing well wherever you are. I'm sending you all of my love, good vibes, good intentions, prayers, and energy your way. We have a tremendous episode of the show for you today. We have none other than Crow 777 on. If you don't know about the Crow 777 radio show, I highly recommend you check it out. His research is really mind-blowing, um, and this is a mind-blowing interview. So we talk about a lot of different things. We talk about... Um, ETs versus other intelligences. We talk about why astronauts are a hoax. Hoax the Shoot the Moon documentary and all the research he's done shooting the moon, which is fant- like incredible. Uh, the Firmament, why belief is not your friend. Uh, why Luciferians can't force us to harm each other, that it has to be consent-based. So this is a very deep episode, if you didn't know. If you don't know his show, uh, you know... If you do know a show, you know what you're in for. We talk about the 1611 King James Bible as a contract on the planet. Law. We're both into law and understanding our rights and how to assert our freedom. Um, So we talk about the equinox, the cell phone, uh, alchemy, the highest levels of control, uh, the hertz rate on your TV and why nature destroys evil and so much more. So this is an amazing episode. If you were watching on YouTube, you you recognize that I cut it in half. Um, Some of these are going to be kind of like bonus or uh, academy only or membership only episodes just because the censorship is absolutely bonkers. So if you want to support this show, please go over to mattbelair.com, become a member. You can do it by donation. There are very reasonable amounts over there, and you can even do it for free. Just email me um, so we can get you access to all of these episodes because um, they're, they're wiping out whole platforms. They're going to wipe out Odyssey now. It's it's completely nuts. <laughs> it's completely, completely nuts. So it really relies on you to share these episodes, share them in Messenger, share them directly um get the word out there leave a review because this is you know war and they're coming for the communications but the truth is getting out there so follow me on telegram on as well t.me forward slash matt belair and uh looking and also i'm on rockfin now so there's lots of places where you can get the information um But the best way to support the show is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. And for those of you guys who want to go a level deeper and you want to really understand a system, a master, a simple and master system for knowing your life purpose, overcoming self-sabotage, strengthening your connection with spirit and joining a community, consider applying to become a member of the Atomic Alchemy Group. We have weekly training. There's courses in there. We have just such a powerful, inspiring community that is all dedicated to knowing and living their life purpose, helping and supporting each other, and really uh, doing a mastermind and harvesting the wisdom of the group. And so it is a very powerful group to be in. And, uh, you know, I do coaching and training in there. So if you want to work one-on-one with me, just go to mattbailair.com forward slash coaching. And I'd love to work with you, support you, and help you create the life and architect your life uh, by design and and navigate these times with uh, clarity with confidence and purpose because, you know, when fear sets in, we start to make stupid decisions and we want to be clear and powerful and confident. And so if you're interested in that, just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. We'd love to work with you. So that's it. Um, Let's get into this amazing episode. But before we do, let's come to a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in this world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, confidence, inspiration, 
power and ready to take on this amazing episode with Crow Triple Seven. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are facing extreme censorship alongside many other truth seekers out there. If you want to support this show, please go over to mattbelair.com and sign up for the email list. Join the membership, and most importantly, consider doing three kind acts in the world wherever you are today. Today's guest is an independent researcher in alchemy, spagyrics, and natural sciences. Armed with his telescope, a degree in internet technology, experience as a Marine Corps radio operator, and 20-plus years of direct observation of our skies, he has recorded countless UFOs and anomalies such as the lunar wave. As a result of his discoveries, he challenges the mainstream narrative. Using logical deduction and common-sense thinking, he and his co-host Jason Lindgren encourage their listeners to question everything during their weekly podcast, Crow 777 Radio. Welcome to the show, Crow 777. Hey, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. We should also mention Rose, Jason's girlfriend, who basically keeps this train on the track, literally. Oh, well, you know, I appreciate your work. Like I said, before we started diving in, I was like, I have to get this guy on the show. Um, you know, you come so highly recommended. I know so many people who listen to your show, love your show. It's so well-researched. And uh, I unfortunately haven't listened to as many shows as I would like to because the content is fast, fantastic. And every time I do, uh, it just blows my mind. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to get him on the show and uh, start asking him some big questions because you do some amazing research. You have incredible guests. And uh, let's just start start with um, a little bit about your background and how you got into this. Uh, in the early 2000s, I was increasingly unhappy uh, working in corporate life. I was working, I have a degree in internet technology, so I was doing digital, um, writing business plans to launch businesses, dealing with all the web kind of aspects of corporation. And uh, we came into that crash, you know, 2006 to 2008, and I'd had it. So I walked away uh, with no idea how I was going to pay my bills. And I decided that I would get out my telescope because that's really what I wanted to do. And I would just start eating rice and beans and filming nonstop. And that went on for about half a decade. And all the things that I realized doing that, um, the accidental capture of the first lunar wave was in 2017, which was early on. I started shooting in May of that year or using my scope again in May of that year. Uh, by September, I'd accidentally caught the lunar wave. I held on to it for a year. Being a web guy, I never wanted social media. I knew where we were going. As a matter of fact, on my website, the About page was written in 2013, and it is all about free speech. But people kept pushing me, so I took a year of amassed things that I'd shot, plus the lunar wave, the first one, put it on YouTube, and all hell broke loose. Um, and that's basically how it all started. That's amazing. Well, you know, the lunar wave is such a fascinating video. If people haven't seen that, go over to your channel and uh, check it out because it is such a fascinating thing to observe. Um, and you also have this um, background in internet technology, also in the Marine Corps. Like you, you know how to do research, you know how to uh, conduct observation, the scientific method. You're very um, logical in how you approach everything and your research is, is very in depth. So let's start with like a softball question. Um, you're one of those people that I'd love to ask, like, what do you think is actually going on here? Because 
you know, I interview, I'm probably at 450 episodes, you know, and I've learned so many things from amazing people from around the world. And you're kind of doing that as well. You're doing intense research and you're also interviewing um, really incredible people. And so I would be curious, um, just your overall view of uh, human history, you know, what do you think is is going on here on this planet? Because there's so many um, theories out there. And I'd be curious where you where you lean on that, you know, the, the human origins and, and where we're going. And then yeah, where we're going. Like, what do you think is happening on the planet right now? And uh, how do we navigate this to ideally create a world of uh, peace and harmony? But, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see how things trend. Well, to take the last part of that first, people just have to change their minds. That's all it takes. Uh, The tagline on my uh, platform is belief is the enemy of knowing. And once you get by trying to throw a fit, thinking that's a jab at your religious ideas, which it's not, you'll begin to under, understand the importance of that statement. Uh, we've come through an age where people believe in things, and um, that's caused us a lot of trouble. And we're entering an age where people are about to know things. And if I heard your question, right, how did we get to 2020, I think was the basis. Um, That's how we got to 2020. Uh, People are going to start waking up now and the human intellect is going to lift and the control mechanisms that have been in this world for so long are going for the brass ring. They're going to try to control it all. Um, They'll probably end up reducing populations, but it won't be necessarily them per se. Uh, Everything's an offer like this inoculation nonsense. And there's a lot of people still believing in things and they'll probably accept offers that don't help them. Uh, But at the end of the day, uh, we're not gonna end. We're human beings, we're the apex concern here. This place was built basically for us um, and we will go on regardless of what happens. By the the way, all that we see going on, um, there's an old maxim that I accept wholly, all created things will see their end. And this whole technology push to try to shackle humanity all over the world, that's a created thing too, and it will see its end. Um, But basically we have a group of people that have been in charge a long, long, long time. Episode 300 at Crow 777 Radio shows you who they are, how long it's been going on. Um, Actually, you can't even see before the time they have had power because they've hidden real history from us. Uh, but there it is. So, so basically, you know, you, you, you open by telling people to go out and do three kind acts. That's how you change this world. One of the main things that keeps us in the position we're in is the us and them mindset. It's like Sunday night football. Oh, those bastards. I want my team to win. It's ridiculous. And the idea that somehow people on the other side of the world aren't like us, um, and those idiots just want to strap on bombs and go to 72s. These, these bigoted, narrow mindsets uh, have to go away. We're all human beings. We all bleed. We're all doing the same thing here. And until we pull it together and treat each other with more respect, um, we'll probably be in a tough spot. But there are a lot of people waking up to it. And I don't mean just people, too. Uh, nature. Got to treat these things with respect. We got to get back to where we once belonged 
Yeah. Wow. I love all that. There's, there's a lot of ways that I, I could go with this. I, I'm curious your thoughts on the ancient civilizations and, you know, you're filming anomalies and things like that. You've got the Sumerian story where they're talking about um, extraterrestrials, um, you know, and things like that. How much do you think that that influences uh, where we are now? Like what's your view on um, ETs and that influence, um, you know, from where we are now? I, I don't accept the idea of aliens. Um, I don't accept the idea of ETs as it's handed to us. It's part of the Aquarian age nonsense that places like Tavistock inserted, really started to heavily insert around the 60s. They even admit it and they, they own it. But there are other intelligences. But it's all related to us. Um, so the idea that somehow a great aliens coming to anally probe us is laughable there's no evidence for these things and if you track them back you'll see um, how it's done and when you start to get into your higher mind simply being aware of a television show pushing the alien agenda it, it's transparent it becomes transparent to you at some point where you realize it's just completely bereft of truth or logic or anything um, but there are absolutely other intelligences and you know, our purpose here, maybe you could view, from my point of view, this place is a bit of a boot camp. I often refer to how we live here in this world as a cycle of hardship and necessity. Uh, but I think it's pretty clear, uh, based on what all the older writers had to say and the philosophers and the things that matter in this world, um, you're not going to graduate until you're ready to graduate. And uh, that can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. Wow. So, well, I guess what would your um, perception on like the whole Anunnaki and the Egypt thing and those, that whole story, like, do you think that that it, when you, like, I guess I'm trying to figure out your definition of other intelligences versus ETs, because I know what you mean when you say like the story handed to us and how every single thing is a space movie about these ETs about attacking us, things like that. Um, you know, how do you, how do you distinguish between those two other intelligences or extraterrestrials? You know, when you see things written in spiritual traditions, you'll notice a commonality where in the West, we might call it an angel um, in some of the mind sciences from India and Tibet and places like that. They'll, they'll talk about divas and other things. Um, these are intelligences that have to do with our, for lack of a better term, because I don't like the word evolution. Um, there's a hard, fast barrier over us. Uh, all my years and telescope help me begin to see more clearly where I realized there's no damn satellites. There's not, you know, when, when I first started, here's one for you. When I first started doing this, if you went on Google, they'd tell you there was 25,000 to 30,000 satellites buzzing around our head. So I use these tools to try to do a simple thing. Um, use the tracking tools that are available online and film one transiting the moon or, or something else. And early on, I accepted that that was correct. But what I began to realize is none of it's true. And then when you go look up how they're tracking the satellites, they'll tell you this stuff isn't accurate. Then what's the point of any of it? And then pretty soon you begin to realize that when you apply logic, it all falls apart. So you're telling me at that time, by the way, if you do a search now, there's like 1500 satellites so we've gone from roughly 30,000 uh in 2012 2013 to 
a fraction of that. You're telling me these magical astronauts that don't exist, don't have an iPhone. They can't poke it out the window and show us in, in HD, the, these magical space things doing their magical, whatever it is they're supposed to do. And I became to realize that there is endless technology in the sky if you watch Jason Linger, my co-host, made a movie of damn near every interesting thing I ever shot. It's called Shoot the Moon, and it's on Vimeo On Demand. Um, and it demonstrates that there is so much tech above our heads. The thing is, is the majority of it you can't see unless it's backlit. And a lot of what I did was using the moon to backlight things that I could film. The, the moon is a half a degree of sky. So that tells you how much is for me to take half a degree of sky and film things. It kind of illustrates how much tech must be up there. But as I went on, places like Huffington Post would take my footage because they call themselves news and can get away with it. And they'd say things like Crow doesn't understand this is a satellite in half geosynchronous orbit. So you're telling me, first of all, after half a decade of filming, I don't understand what I'm doing. Um, but that this thing I filmed is 11,000 miles away from me. So I got an optics expert. Dude was a genius. Took my exact telescope, took the exact camera model, the CCD, the difference in resolution between still images and video images. And we calculated as precisely as is possible what a pixel's value would be at certain distances away from me. So if the Huffington Post and their FBI expert, and of course the head of MUFON, I don't know what FBI expert has to do with anything with a telescope, what the hell would he know in the first place? But we calculated I'd be like five, six times the size of the fake ISS. Um, and that's when we began to go through my footage and I could demonstrate everything I ever shot is inside our atmosphere. And that's when I began to realize there's a hard, fast barrier. It's almost like the alchemists were playing a game where not only were they telling you how to do all these things in the natural world, but it was all based on the model we are in. You can almost view this place as a hermetically sealed alchemist's flask. Now, the Bible will call what I'm talking about the firmament. The flat earth community would probably refer to it as a dome. I call it a hard, fast barrier, and nothing gets through it. I mean, maybe your mind in meditation. Some people claim when you're sleeping that you get out of here temporarily. I don't know if those things are true, but I don't accept that matter leaves our atmosphere. We're tuned to this place. Holy smokes. Well, that's some heavy stuff that I, I've heard before. I don't know if uh, other people have, but um, I find it fascinating because when I was studying with um, some of my Native American teachers, they said the same thing. They said there's other life here. Um, there's other intelligences here, but we can't leave. And I thought it was yep. fascinating coming from an elder. Um, they had a 20,000 year history. And so um, in their perspective on, let's say, other intelligences or extraterrestrial life, uh, for them, it was normal. Like there was other beings here. Um, and it talks about it in autobiography of a yogi. So, you know, I don't know if it's a frequency thing or or what the case is. Like, even if you've never seen a polar bear before, you know, we've been lied to so many times. Who even knows, you know, like until you go see one firsthand, like, okay, no, they do exist. But there's also actually when I was trekking Mount Everest, I figured um, if the abominable snowman exists, you know, so I asked my guide, I was like, Hey, um, I was like, is, have you ever seen a Yeti out here? And he goes, he goes, no, I haven't. Uh, but apparently my uncle did. And so, um, you know, who, who really knows what's going on, but with all of these lies that, that we're being fed, um, it's really challenging to discover the truth. And 
what I'd love to ask is what traps out there do you, would you recommend people avoid or are some of the big lies so we can begin to discover the truth or what's the process for actually discovering the truth? Because we're witnessing a book burning in real time. Your channel was deleted. Um, I was basically deleted from the internet. Half the videos I saved and researching what was going on with our current events and the, uh, you know, all the, all the nonsense with uh, what they're trying to pull off it's all deleted. A normal person like my dad or even a regular person who doesn't research all the time, it's incredibly hard for them to find information. So um, do you have any recommendations for traps to avoid or how to begin to connect with, with the real truth when, um, you know, you kind of dive deeper and a lot of times it just ends up being, you know, another false belief. Well, belief is the enemy of knowing. You have to leave beliefs behind. In the middle of that word is the word lie. There's your first clue. Um, belief is not your friend. And most people get upset because they think that's a jab at religion. It's not a jab at religion. What you want to do, if you want to start growing up past being fooled all the time and having to scratch to try to figure out if what you're being faced with is true, is you got to throw everything out. You don't know anything anymore. You need to start from square one is one and one, two? Let me see. Okay, I can see that one and one is two. But in the process of doing that to confirm that one and one is two, I also realized that one and one is 11. No one ever told me that. Um, you need to start to figure out for yourself what is correct. Quit. Guy in a, in a white lab coat telling you something? Okay, fine. Now let me go see if it's acceptable. Now let me challenge that. And what happens is if you do that over the course of about a year, it's almost like the chemistry of your brain begins to change. I'm to a point now where I can hear a couple words coming from the TV and I instantly smell something's burning in the kitchen. I may not know exactly what's burning in the kitchen, but I know it's poppycock and I know I don't want any part of it. You get a sense that you've always had that comes back to the forefront where the ring of truth is not in a thing and you sense that instantly. It doesn't always tell you everything you'd like to know, but once you know there's no ring of truth, why are you still here? Do you want to be associated with a lie, with things that are false, and you separate yourself from it? And so over the course of time, when you learn to reassess, and you know, it's like the, the political episodes we've done, um, this is a prime example. The red-blue mind virus has done more damage to this country. It's almost made us the laughing stock of the world. Um, and we did shows to show you how that came to be. The central bankers put that in place. And in 1924, Montague Norman came from the Central Bank of England because he was the governor there. They were modeling our central bank on that. And he spoke to all the bankers of America in 1924. And he said, guess what, guys? We got the red, the, the, the right left paradigm political in place. Now we can get these idiots to fight about all this stuff endlessly that doesn't matter while we take over the world. Anyone can look up the Montague Norman speech. And yet to this day, I still get emails of people crying loudly. Voter fraud is the biggest. You've never voted for a president in your life. The Electoral College does that. And they've seated plenty of presidents that went against the so-called voting, which is actually polling, which is why they call it a polling place. Um, as a matter of fact, it's gotten so ridiculous that even infantile shows like Adam breaks everything or Adam ruins everything or whatever that ridiculous show on TV was three weeks after we did 
the red blue paradigm mind virus show he came on and said verbatim everything we said to a public on tv and in between every time he told you why it was fake and all a lie he said but go out and vote because it's the most important thing we can do and it goes to show you how the power of belief just renders us infantile he's sitting there showing you why it's all a lie and then inserting but voting's the biggest deal in the world make sure you go out and do it after he just got done telling you that your vote does nothing um, for the highest reaches of what we call politics in this country and we need to get by these things and that is basically people acting like children taking other people's words for what's correct and believing in things and so you got to grow up, you got to challenge it and, and do what an adult human being is supposed to do. Wow. Well, holy smokes, you know, looking at the history of the, the central bankers and how things came to be is uh, one massive rabbit hole in itself. I'm excited to check out your episode 300. Um, you know, so I'd be curious your thoughts on my general overview of things. Uh, I know that you've been doing a lot of shows on law lately, and I've been doing a lot of shows on law, trying to figure out what's actually going on here. Apparently it's all consent based. Um, you know, I've had this idea that, okay, that maybe these people are actually Luciferians in the sense that they are trying to trick us to take everything from us. Right. So we're not, connected to our full power um, and our own capabilities in consciousness, um, also with connecting with each other, which I think is the most important thing for our evolution. And I'm reminded again of one of the teachings I had from one of my Native American teachers. They said the next evolution for humanity is peace. And so we keep fighting each other. And so when you get into law, you recognize that everything is a contract, um, but they've used deception um, to make you think that you might be speaking a word or to contract with them or all these different things. And so one of the challenging things, I think that when people start to go down the rabbit hole and they say, holy smokes, there are some people with very bad intentions with it, with an immense amount of power on the planet, they become overwhelmed and they start to feel like, this is too big for us to overcome. Like we're toast. This is uh, overwhelming and, and I can't believe this is happening. So how do you feel about um, in general, what I just shared about that kind of ideology and how do we move toward um, actual freedom? And then the final thing I'll ask in this, in this question is I, I always think like, okay, well, why don't they just go full uh, authoritarian? Why don't they just take away all our rights and just kill us all without our consent? It seems to be like, like there are spiritual laws here that even these people won't go against. So um, what do you think about that kind of rant in, in your own research? It's, it's true. And they've tried it. Uh, portions of World War II, which is not what we think it was, or any given war, are that. And they realize that if they come in with steel-toed boots and rifles, uh, there's karma to pay. Because if you force living men and women to do things that they don't want to do, you violated universal law. Um, that's why uh, everything's like you said. You, you said everything's a contract. I'll, I'll rephrase that. It is. You do get into contracts. But everything's an offer. And it's all very cleverly presented to you. And some of it is kind of coercive, like your auto insurance. Right at the top, when you open that thing, it said, here's the offer. So you're thinking, oh, well, this is an offer. I can turn it down. But what happens if you turn it down? All this other pain in the butt stuff happens um, if you don't accept your auto insurance offer. Uh, but the point I would make here is that human beings need to realize that we are the apex here. We take care of this place. We're the top 
of everything. And we co-create everything that happens here. And that's why belief is such a problem because we're easily led to believe in things that we shouldn't believe in. And it prevents us from thinking with our own minds and deducing what is correct. And it removes variety. Here's an example. When I was young in the 70s, there was all this variety of cars and the colors of cars. Um, they even had things like a Challenger would come out and then there'd be a Charger and then there'd be these other ones. So one of them made its own special purple called Challenger or Charger Purple, I think it was. I forget what it was called. Point was, is all this variety and one car would come out. So they'd say, oh, well, we're going to compete with that car and try to make a better car. And that only went on, by the way, until about the beginning of the 70s. Um, and then there was fake gas crises and all this other made-up nonsense we shouldn't have be believed in. But look around you now. Look at the lack of variety and simply the color of cars. And then look at a class of, say, SUVs. You can't really tell a Honda from a BMW from a Hyundai anymore. They all have this very similar look that is all this variety being removed from the system. And one thing social programming needs is to reduce variety. And so when you get people to believe in things, that is another way to reduce variety because all a million people in the country sat and watched Jerry Seinfeld on a Thursday back in the end of the 90s. So in a normal world, all those million people would have had individual experiences, individual thoughts, individual lifetimes for that period of time, but instead, they all watched the same content force-fed through a black box. Then when they all went to work the next day, <clears throat> instead of all this variety of things that could have been talked about, they'd say, how about that Jerry Seinfeld? Did you hear that joke? Um, what did you think of the grand finale? Um, it's all designed to take control of a mind, get a mind reduced, the, the variety of minds, and to get them believing in things that are so unimportant and so they shouldn't have a place in our world. A Seinfeld show should have zero importance on what we do in our lifetimes. And yet, when the grand finale of that show came out, uh, I remember I went out that night, the streets were empty just because Seinfeld was having its grand finale. And so these are social programming mechanisms and we need to get back. It's the same thing as the red blue mind virus. Um, well, I'm on this team, so these are the things that I believe. Instead, a human being is complex. You might have beliefs that don't fit in either of those boxes, and you should. And when you have all people with a big variety of thoughts and ideas, uh, that is a world that is not easily controllable. Uh, but instead, what we've seen is the removal of variety and the sectioning down and the sectioning down. It's, it goes on and on and on. It's all based in belief. Yeah, well, well, you you make a lot of great points there, and and so how do you see things unfold? Like when we look at uh, Agenda Twenty Thirty or some of the scary stuff coming out with uh, you know everything they're doing with the uh, vaccines there, and and you research that, and you say, holy smokes, that's not good. Um, you know, if you go back and you understand Rockefeller and, and germ theory versus terrain theory and hijacking education, and keep going back and back and back, it's hard to even know what history is um, because even right now we're watching get get deleted right in front of us. We we only have an alternative view. So um, how are we going to remember the truth and know? the truth and so when it gets scary i think you know some people are like okay you know what i'm going to opt out of this system and i'm going to participate in building something better um do you think it would get to a point where they they make that impossible or do you feel hopeful that there are going to be solutions where um 
you know, we can just basically opt out where we can decline that offer? Or do you think it'll, they'll make it so hard um, that it, that's it, that it's impossible? Human beings have the divine spark. It was granted to us as we came into existence here. And it's a special, special thing. And these guys engaged in trying to slave us all out and maybe even reduce population to get us to accept offers that are horrible. Uh, these offers that should never be accepted. They're going to see the end of their time. What drives this right now is fear. The entirety of the supposed pandemic from 311, and they love their numbers games, don't they? Their, their calendar play. Um, it's been, the only contagion has been fear. That's what's driven this. And you see that too shows that we need to grow up a little more quickly. We're not children in a dark room. What are we afraid of? And yet fear has driven it on and on and on. We're a year in now. And there's a magical flu that doesn't have a season. It goes years. Um, and you're going to need shots for the rest of your life because if you stand next to a person, you could die. So you've taken the top species and convinced them, got them to believe that somehow we kill each other just by existing next to each other. Um, quite an insidious thing based on fear. But that will see its end too. And so people can change everything by stop, just stop believing and when you're presented with things, assess it. Is that right? Is that correct? And if it's not, don't have any part of it. And when that happens in mass, there's no war, there's no revolution, there's people just stop following directions. This whole thing would fall apart if a couple things happened. If everyone threw their cell phones away tomorrow, this whole thing would fall apart. The other thing is, since we know that's probably not gonna happen, if they just quit doing what they were told. A governor of a state has zero authority to dictate anything to the people in his state. And yet look what's happening. Go out and do this, you gotta wear a mask. And, and when they get called on it, well, it's just a suggestion, but we'll screw with you endlessly. And we'll get the police to screw with you endlessly if you don't listen to our supposed suggestion. When you understand that they never had the authority in the first place, and a lot of people understand that, that falls apart. There's not enough police in the world to make everyone wear a mask. And that's part of what's going on too. Um, they know there's not enough police in the world to get their way. And that's what technology is about. And uh, you know, it, it's, it's simple. We just need to get back to deciding whether a thing is true and correct and beneficial. And if we find it is not, then we take no part in it. And these systems fall to the ground. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And one of the ways that I've been thinking about this is just self-sustainability, you know, be able to um, have the skills and knowledge necessary to provide food, water, shelter for myself and maybe community if things uh, don't go well. And then that kind of makes me think about, um, you know, the plan of, you know, getting us hooked on the government system of uh, crashing the economy, putting us on a cryptocurrency and then controlling the food. Um, whenever I speak to somebody who really understands the law, they're not concerned because they understand to a high degree that this is these are all offers and we can opt out. Um, and so that's what definitely gives me hope. That's usually one of my first questions is like, don't you think they're just going to go full tyranny and like, you know, you know, basically force you? It's like, no, because it, this is their system. It's all offer based. And, and for whatever reason, uh, they won't just enforce it. They might get people to do those things. Right. But it's not going to hold. Right. Like, uh, uh, one of the people I'm learning the law from, he's he's you know going through the border, um, not I don't know 
doing it basically freely, but one of the times he gets harassed, you know, and even if they detain him, they let him go because they're, they're acting out of line. They're, they're, they're going against their own rules. So it's very important for us to understand what's actually happening so we can uh, create something different. And so this long-winded question is just, I guess, your, your thoughts on that idea of, um, you know, what can we do to either be prepared or knowledgeable so that we are, we are helping build something better and not participating in this, this older system. Cause I feel like if we stay in these cities and they, they come out with the health pass and they drop the, you know, the, the dollar and everybody's in debt, um, it's going to limit choices and it's going to limit free thinking. So I don't know how many people are going to be able to overcome that. Well, let me go back to where you started to kind of couch uh, in nature. Um, one of the things that's happened to us, and this goes all the way back to the Vatican, accusing people of being pagan, which was a bad thing, when the word pagan simply meant someone who lives and understands nature. Um, they've separated us from nature. As an example of this, um, I'll tell you how bad it's gotten. Um, on the 17th of March, which is, we're on the ninth today, the actual true equinox will come to the Northern United States. The Southern United States will be one day earlier on the 16th. When I filmed the first lunar wave, I was convinced it had to do with the equinoxes and it led me on this whole thing to the point where I realized that they're even lying about that. This year, they're gonna tell you the equinox is on the 20th. That's not true, it's provably not true. We will have equal day and night in the northern U.S. on the 17th. It's completely as any other logical thing we can think about. If I'm in California, do I see the sunrise at the same time as a man in New York? I do not. The equinox is no different. We're talking about the sun. So that equal day and night will come on the 17th. Yet three days before that, they're going to jack up our clocks to further pull us out of nature and discombobulate us. The real equinox is going to happen on the 17th. Then they're going to announce on the 20th after it's behind us, the equinox is here. But here's the rub. You know what else happens on the 17th, the true equinox? St. Patrick's Day. The man who is equal to all the other saints and the enlightener, it's just code speak for this guy's the equinox. We put this saint here. Uh, to lead your minds away from the natural world, which is the be-all and end-all of this place. So you forget the importance of the sky clock, which is the only time we will ever experience here. And it drives everything. When it gets hot, guess what? Sky clock's doing it. When it gets cold, guess what? Sky clock's doing it. When the Great Barrier Reef goes to spawn the third or fourth night after a full moon in November, guess what? The sky clock's doing it. We've forgotten these things and how important it is to be part of nature. Biblically, we're, we're told these ideas in a roundabout way, like all are of the dust and all will return to the dust. Um, we do not exist without nature. And so the separation from nature has been a big part of how we've become so infantile in being afraid of everything and following directions and offers we shouldn't follow. So I agree with you to get back to nature and learn how to grow things and get back in tune with the natural environment is a huge step to no longer being so easily fooled all the time. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I think a lot of people are becoming aware of how 
um, let's just say useless, you know, we don't know. Most of us don't know how to grow our food. We're not, we reliant on the grocery store. You know, we're so disconnected from where our food comes from. And then when you go down that rabbit hole, you know, with the genetically modified seeds and then the pesticides and all the stuff that we're eating, like this pseudo food, it's like a never ending thing of, you know, unnatural ways of living that causes harm, you know, and we want to move back to um, nature. So, I guess my follow-up question would be, okay, so if we if we are able to um, get to farms or some, some some sustainable land, you know, with some of the crap that I see out there with the the chemtrails or even blocking out the sun or some of the other ridiculous stuff, um, is there limits to what they would do if if you were like sustainable in your own land? Like, can they come out there and mess with you? Do you think that would happen, or do you think you would be left alone? Not if you understand the law, it's the legal ideas, right? If you're a living man or a living woman and you know how to stand as a living man or a living woman and hold your position, their policies uh, don't apply to you. Um, as a matter of fact, if you're ever in court, and you know, so many times we've seen it over and over and over, guy gets drugged into court, judge picks up a piece of paper, he reads a name that's written in all capital letters and says, is that you? There's the dividing line. At the moment you realize that, no, I'm not a name on a piece of paper. I'm a living man. I am me. I am that I am. Everything begins to change. And can they make it hard? Yeah. Can they, you know, put up all these things you've got to contend with and deal with and show up to prove that you're a living man or a living woman? Yeah, it goes on all the time. But when the majority of us or a good portion of us have had enough, um, it will be too much for the systems to deal with. And not only that, you'll see the people like police who do enforcement begin to realize, wait a minute, I've got children. What am I engaged in here? Do I want my children coming up in this world? Think about the, the generals and the, the massive industrial army complex types things that are in our world. How many of those people in, in powers of position are sitting there thinking, my great-grandchildren are inheriting a bag of crap? They must think of it sometimes. So the sustainability of what's going on isn't there. But can it get rough? Yeah, we know it can get rough. Um, and it is completely on us. Are we going to remain afraid like children in a dark room or are we going to grow up and do what adults are supposed to do? What an adult does is it goes into the world and it assesses the environment. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Is this helpful? Is this a lie? And get back into the habit of assessing and then do another thing. Every time you walk out, say a prayer or an appreciation in your mind to the natural world that made you and allows you to exist. When you begin to view the natural world as we once did, the ability of evil minds to fool you diminishes drastically. Where I am, I know, because I looked it up, that the equinox is coming on the 17th and spring will spring. But every year I wait to see the first chipmunk, which I saw two, three days ago. There it is, nature proving to me that that equinox matters. And not only that, I saw the crocus come up. First flower of the year every time. Shortly, I know that I will go out and all these yellow flowers called daffodils will go. And a little while after that, I'll see all these other colorful flowers called tulips. How can it be that that little bulb in the ground understands it's time for us to do our thing and to make more flowers? 
And how can it be that if I understand the chipmunk knows when to come out and the daffodil knows when to bloom and some other time the tulip knows to bloom, what about all the people born in those different times in the so-called acceptable year of the Lord? What are the differences in those people? And you begin to realize an underlying truth about what it means to be here that long ago we forgot because we quit appreciating nature, which is the only thing that allows us to be or survive. Well, well, can you expand on that a little bit as far as like how we might be able to use the equinox? And what do you think the limits of consciousness are? Like if we want to gain a real spiritual connection with all this deception out there, what have you learned to create a, uh, you know, a meaningful connection with yourself and God, the creator, or however you see that, what do you think happens when we die? And, uh, um, yeah, we'll just leave it there. I'll probably throw some other ones after, after. Well, currently I accept that, uh, we keep going back to the grade we're in until we graduate. Um, which is an unfortunate thought because I have no desire to come back to this place of hardship and necessity a thousand times or whatever the truth might be. But what I do notice is in all the oldest traditions that fall before the modern edit, where places like the Rockefellers in the early 1900s pretty much got their hands on all the textbooks, the medicine ideas, and they just started shaping it to this foul thing that we deal with now. All those people were of a mind that when a human being dies, the body goes back to the earth and what we might call the soul goes on. Um, but there's also this underlying idea that we have to learn and we have to grow up. And part of it is like the idea of evolution, though I don't accept Darwin or any of this nonsense we've been handed from the kind of circles of British royalty where it all came from. Um, there is a, a, a visible, like in my lifetime, from the early 60s to now, I can actually detect that nature has been on an upward tra trajectory. Here's one example that anyone can think about. When I was in the 70s and skateboards were just kind of catching on, if you would have saw some of these X-game guys, they would have been treated as supermen. But here's another thing. If you saw a bulldog, in this 1970s, go get a skateboard, carry it to a ramp, and use it like a skateboard is used on a ramp, people would have lost their damn minds. We see that now. Nature, human beings, everything on an evolutionary trajectory, for lack of better terms. We are going up, all of us. And in terms of what happens when we die, I think the majority ideas are what I accept from, from long ago. Uh, we're going to come back to right where we are until we master it. You know, here's a funny idea. I saw a long time ago, one of the guys who helped create Superman, and they asked him, what was the idea there? And they said, well, it's the clearly the only natural trajectory for a human life, right? Every year we show up at the Olympics and never is there a year when we say, well, we ran the three-minute mile. That's it, folks. That's the best a human being can ever do. No, it's always expected that the record will be broken, which is another proof of that idea that we do go towards a Superman outcome. Um, and I, I think it's provable. I think it's truly, logically, the only way this goes. We continually improve, go further, go faster. Um, achieve more. That's what human beings do. And that's a big part of 2020.
It, they've tried to put a governor on the race of human beings across this world and retard that governor. That's a lot of what's going on. And who knows what inoculations and all this other stuff they've done piled on the bad stuff they put in our water and the bad stuff they put in our food. It will retard or maybe cause a lot of people to have to go for now. Um, but there will be numbers of us that don't go and numbers of us who maintain and those will be the best of us and that will be what creates the generation to come oh wow so do you see this as kind of a, a great awakening when you're talking about the equinox and then the flowers would bloom at that time like some of us here like this is our time to go to that next ev evolutionary leap and this whole masquerade is to limit that as much as possible for so uh a group of us don't expand to new levels of awareness or understanding yes Absolutely. They knew this was coming. Uh, it's a bit of an age change, whether it's actually there's so much argument and our information about the sky clock has been so shuffled around on purpose because it's one of the main things that matters here. Um, part of what's going on is there's an age change coming from the age of water ideas into the age of air ideas. You can already see it all around you. Just most people haven't paid attention like earbuds used to be called earbuds. Now they're calling them airbuds. The other day I saw an ad somewhere where it was um, an air name on a beer. Air light or something was the beer name. All these air ideas are coming. I suppose we could ask, is this an artificial switchover? Are they getting us there late or too soon? And people will argue endlessly. No, it's tropical astrology. No, it's sidereal. I think it's all of it. I think all of it needs to be embraced and we need to winnow out what is valuable and adopt what is valuable. But in the age switch from water ideas, which is all our law, right? And all our money, our, our money is current, current sea in the banks of a river. Uh, it's all based on water. We can show all of it, admiralty and the law. It goes on and on and on. The way you're treated in court is you're lost at sea, all water ideas. Now we're into the air ideas. And I think the cell phone is another attempt to retard us. Would we? Would there be human beings in this world now speaking mind to mind if the onset of cell phones had not occurred near the turn of the millennium and became such a big deal in around 2007 or whenever the supposed smartphone, which it is not, uh, became so mainstreamed? Would human beings already be speaking mind to mind? I would suggest to you that's where we head. And another thing, is if you look back at the previous age, which was about water, we mastered all the water ideas, right? We did sailing ships and went all over the world. We made steam engines, all these things to do with water, we mastered out. And at the beginning of the 1900s, we started getting into the air ideas. Well, now we can fly. Well, let me ask you a question. Is it even possible that people way in the hell in a history we don't know long ago weren't flying? How is that possible? Everybody knows heat rises. Everybody, even the ancient cultures in, in, in the Orient, they take a bag, they put a candle in it, and they float it. You're telling me no one ever thought, hey, if that candle were a little bigger and that bag were a little bigger, we could take human beings up. But somehow we're convinced that, no, the Wright brothers were it, and that's the first time we ever, you know, all these ideas are false. And the point I would make is now we're going to master air ideas. And when you think about air ideas, think about human consciousness and how we think and things like that. We're about to take a big jump. And 2020 is so much of 2020 is about doing everything to damage that leap 
and to retard the uplifting of humanity because they won't be controllable when they go much higher than we currently are. They'll be unruly to make a pun. Wow. Well, that's a, such an interesting concept. Like if, if somehow they knew that we would uh, develop, right. And get telepathic skills or like somehow they would know that, you know, the natural evolution for a caterpillar was to turn into a butterfly. It's like they can entrap us with this cell phone, which is an interesting, you know, thing to say, cell, um, you know, and they, they do it, you know, and you've, you've been doing the law thing as well and know quite a bit. And, you know, I, I went down that rabbit hole too, to see how, every word you know it's all in the language it's all in the words and it's right there it's it's so words matter words yeah. matter and they yeah. have meaning and your your cell phone analogy was spot freaking on and of course they knew there's an age change yeah so so it'll be interesting right to say okay now we know they can fly but you know what we'll do is we'll give them the technology first because then then they'll become dependent on it and right and uh so they'll be dependent on this technology and not on their own skill you know right. kind of like giving a bird a plane you know it's like you know so it fools us into thinking we need the technology and we become dependent on something outside of ourselves and there's this outside of ourself uh um narrative all the time um there's a couple, shoot, man, there's so many questions I want to ask, but one of them that keeps coming up, I guess, is your thoughts on the Bible, because it goes back to, um, in law, the 1611 King James Bible is apparently the contract. And do you have any thoughts on, on why that might be? The Bible matters. Um, there is more buried in the Bible than I can ever tell you. It's just unfortunate that corporations, because that's what our religions of this world are, uh, have gotten a hold of it and perverted it. And absolutely, all of our law here in the West is based on the, wait for it, King James. Whose name on that book? King James, 1611 Bible, which, by the way, is also a 9-11 encode using the Marty McFly method of inverting the nine. So 9-11 is built right into the 1611 date. Um, but the Bible encodes all about the sky clock, all about nature, all about what has to be done with the human body to reach up for that heavenly, enlightened, all the places in the world that have this idea that human beings can reach for the stars, and they can. Uh, it's all there. Uh, it's just been very controlled, and unfortunately, we've all listened to a lot of men in black try to tell us what it means, and most of them have no clue, and other ones have been fed an unhelpful line, whether they're aware of it or not, and they're trying to get you to believe in the surface narrative, which is the lowest form of knowing and where most of us get weeded out because they're not going any spiritually further down the road because they've settled on a story. That's as deep as it will go for them. And there are level after level after level there. And the age changes, it's driven this place forever. Uh, the apis bull, Mithras, killing the Mithraic bull, that's all attached to the age of Taurus. After the age of Taurus, we have the age of Aries. The, the Jewish Hebrew religions in this world are still blowing the ram's horn from the age of Aries. Uh, we came through the age of fishes, um, and that's integrally tied to the New Testament. We'll make them fishers of men, the ichthrus, the Jesus fish. None. None in Hebrew means fish. It goes on and on and on. We can tie the language and understand beyond doubt that not only do words have meaning, but they tell us things that are provably, acceptably true. Um, and that's the difference, too, between a belief-based society where we all say thousands of words a day believing that we know what we just said. But you know, and I know, because we've looked at law, that when you go into that courtroom, you don't have any idea what language is being 
spoken in that room. And by the way, you don't have any idea that you're being treated as a lost at sea, non-living entity. Uh, after all, you cannot summons the living. You can only summons the dead. So when you were summons to go in there, maybe if you understood a little more about language, you might have had a clue about what's about to ensue. And if you do understand what's about to ensue, then you might understand how to conduct yourself and hold your position. And that's where we're heading. Um, and to, to some degree, I think there's going to be a lot of weeding out of us, but I think it will be based on bad decisions for the most part that we make. Will there be people who do horrible things? Yeah, but it won't be the people in charge because they understand the karmic debt that will get paid but they're more than happy to tell some clueless dude down the line to go do a bad thing because he'll inherit that problem. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I keep, every time you speak, I kind of open up new rabbit holes that I, I want to dive down. So I'm going to throw some more stuff at you because I'd love to hear your opinion on it. Um, so the way that I kind of see this coming is like, uh, I don't know, setting up like a fish trap in a net and this is all through like deceptive practices and different things. And uh, so some of us will be caught in that net, but it's going to be a contract that we engage with right by our choice. That's going to limit where we're going. It's like, they see what we're uh, going to expand into. Some of us will have that opportunity and create that by avoiding and not contracting and not accepting the offers of this basically Luciferian satanic system that wants to limit you and control you. Um, in the Bible, I think it says you can't serve two masters, right? You can't serve spirit, God, the creator, and you can't serve the government or something else, right? You can't serve man at the same time. It's one or the other. And so for those of us who choose, let's say the, um, the, I don't know, spiritual path for lack of a better term or truth or um, all the life affirming qualities, you know, things that are connected to nature and common sense um, and are just what's right. We're going to expand and evolve, but we're going to observe people who kind of got caught, you know, and that's all these kind of evil people are doing. It's just using their fishing net to see who they can catch and they're going to get some. Right. And for those of us who don't want to participate in that, we're going to find our solutions um, quite easily. And we got to get out of this fear thing. And so what I was curious about is how do we, if this is a blooming process and we have an opportunity with the equinox, how can we um, capitalize on this time period to align ourselves with this uh, positive energy or positive force or life affirming force that is coming in? And where and why did these, you know, whatever, and I'd be curious how you refer to them, like these Satanists or Luciferians or these people or people, some, some say it's like these ETs controlling us or whatever the case is. Why, why are they evil? Why are they doing, are they different than us? Like they, they don't have, did they lose their spirituality? You know, did they go to, you know, did something happen to them? Like, what's the deal? Why do they act like that? Because I feel like a lot of people, when you're chatting to them and they're just kind of waking up, it's a big pill to swallow to realize that there are whole systems and people here that are trying to harm us deliberately because a good person doesn't think like that. They're not trying to go around harm people. So it's a tough pill for them to swallow to not trust authority. Although that was our conditioning, always trust authority. Um, don't do your own thinking, listen, do what you're told. Don't go out of the box, you know, conditioning from childhood. So, but that's a big pill, pill for people to swallow. Like why are they like the way they are? Are they different or what happened there? You can be good or bad in this world and you've broken no rule up to a point. What we see 
is that the people who go to the bad path, or maybe we call it the left-hand path, the sinister path, um, they always go too far. Um, they Maybe they've lost their ticket. Maybe they go no further. Maybe the jig is up for them. Um, but what we can prove is, does day follow night? We know that it does. So there is no light without the darkness, right? So this is just the way of things can they take it too far they almost always take it too far is there a universal law that's going to make them pay a fine yes that's why they don't just simply mobilize their army and say guess what all you people are under our thumb now uh, in a way some of that was going on in what we call world war ii um, and it demonstrated that when people get pressed into a corner guess what they stand up and push back and then things get out of control. And in the system we see now, the last thing they want is lack of control. So what they're going for is the highest power anyone can have, which is the control over minds of men and women. That is the highest apex power that can be possessed here. Now to get back to your equinox idea, everything in this world has its season and we've forgotten so we just blindly stumble around and do whatever we're going to do whenever we want to do it. And in doing that, we're like children. After all, the daffodil knows exactly when its season is. Um, so does the chipmunk. So does the deer. So does the beaver. So does every other facet of nature except for us human beings who have temporarily lost our way. In old alchemical procedures, which is the highest form of science in my view, because it achieves what it will achieve within what nature will permit. It does not overstep the bounds of what nature will permit. But almost every important alchemical procedure must begin in the spring. If you take some time to think about what I just told you, the success of this alchemical procedure has to be locked to the sky clock. In other words, things truly do have their season. And if you don't understand when it's time to do a thing, then you're basically like a baby bumping around in a dark room without a flashlight. When you begin to understand, all these possibilities emerge. Oh, we're coming up on this point in the acceptable year of the Lord. It's time for these possibilities to come to pass. And I can leverage on these. Oh, it's this time. It's a bit like saying... It's a bit like having a person that makes it to summer and says, my God, what the hell is going on here? Why is it so hot? How in the hell does this happen to me? And then pretty soon they're freezing. They're, oh my God, I'm going to die. How did it get so cold? It's exactly like that. Just not so basic. Where most of us understand it's summer, probably going to be hot. So I'll need my shorts. Um, I'd like to be near the beach if I can be. And by the way, it's winter. I better have some food set aside or I'm going to have to kill things to survive and I better have some warm clothes or I will certainly die out there. Um, that is the best way that I can try to illustrate why it matters. And when you get back to why it matters, being fooled so easily will not be a common event anymore uh, because nature is truth. There is no lie in nature. And that's another reason to realign what matters in this world with your life. I love that. And when you're sharing the example, I just imagine like uh, trying to plant seeds in the, in the winter or something, you know what I mean? It's like right. you're, 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 you're expending all of this effort. Right. And then you try and then you get depressed because you spent all this energy and it just didn't work. And uh, so obviously not ideal. Um, Perfect. And you, 
and you want to work with the laws of nature, right? And with the laws of nature, I think it's the laws of life and the laws of the universe um, that we are all um, in a way like a slave to, right? Because it, nature is going to do what it does. But when we just align with that and understand it, it isn't, it isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing. We just have understanding. We have knowledge and we cooperate with it. We don't uh, fight it or yell at it or, you know. Abuse it, right. Uh, yeah, abuse it, right? And so, well, you know, I'd like to just go a touch further with, um, this idea. So as an individual that, you know, is trying to put out content in the world, um, or, or work in the world, like do, I like the idea of a vocation, right. In the, uh, the eightfold path of Buddhism, I really enjoy that. And just, you know, choosing work that is, of, of service to your fellow man. And then also, um, on the flip side of, of this journey is the, uh, contentment piece, the Zen piece of like creating a spiritual connection, being content with the way things are, but also influencing your reality. So it improves uh, the life of your family, the friends and the community you're around, like to be a good human being and to merge those two concepts. And so if we're taking um, this element of seasons and the sky clock into play, do you, do you mean that maybe what you would do is get really clear on like what you want to create this year or who you want to be or how you want to contribute or how you want your life to unfold and, and the practices you use as far as, you know, health and wellness and all those different types of things. Um, and the last thing I think I'll throw in there to that question is, you know, we got to get out of fear, you know, and I understand why people who are waking up are afraid because it's a scary thing that they want to put out with this, you know, technology, technocracy, health pass, take the rights away. It's, it's a scary thing. Um, but when we decide that that's not what we want and we're not going to participate in it, um, it's not a problem. We need to start now building solutions. I think people are starting to clue in that this agenda is not going to stop. It's going to keep going. Well, when have you ever seen a corporation reach the apex of whatever it's doing and say, okay, we're doing as good as we could. We're making the right amount of money. We'll just kick back and run like this now. Uh, not the way it works, right? They always go too far. And when's the last time you saw a so-called government, which is just a corporation for anyone who's not clued in, uh, when have you ever seen them give back anything they've taken away? Those are rare events. Sometimes they'll trade it back, but what they're trading makes things even worse most of the time. Point is, is we don't have to accept those offers. And another thing we should point out is fear is an illusion, it does not exist in this world. It cannot be put in a bag. It cannot be held in a jar. It cannot be handed to another person other than as a mind virus. Um, what it actually is, is part of our natural makeup that gives us a rush of adrenaline to escape a situation when we're in true danger. And that fear is supposed to last, oh, about five seconds. Give you that blast, give you that chance. And what we've done is been convinced to make this illusion called fear our everyday, all day thing. But how, how, how can it not be when people have that fear porn box spewing news at them 24 seven? And that news isn't going to give you anything helpful. Words have meaning. Did you ever think about the word news? North, East, West, South, pulling your mind in every direction and never getting you to a destination. But where we've arrived at now, just fear porn extravaganza, uh, fear, 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 fear. And you haven't even considered what the flicker rate of that television or the colors or the sounds that are all being manipulated to a fear programming environment are doing to you. 
Um, did you know that the Hertz rate on the back of your television, which by the way, when I was a kid, we didn't have Hertz. We had cycles per second. Words have meaning. The Hertz rate that is hurting you on the back of your television, if it's 100, that means your t TV is blinking 100 times a second in your face. How much content and carrier waves and Lord knows what could be buried in 100 flashes a second? Many TVs are going above 200 hertz now, and they'll go higher and higher and higher with this kind of technological fog. And so we've reached a problem time that we'll have to address, and a lot of it has to do with technology. And I'll say another thing, because I assume we're probably getting ready to wrap up. So I'll say this. So many people are worried that numbers are evil or this is evil or that's evil. It's not true. Matter of fact, nature destroys evil. Think about that. So if you see a number and it's just how it shook out in the world, there is no evil on it. It's a number in a system we use. But if you can show the intent, like let's say the evening news, we know what those rat bastards are doing. If they set a number, I can already tell you, yep, there's evil intent embedded in that number. I already know it. I'm not going to argue about it. I'm getting the hell away from it. It will not be part of my life. You do what you like. But there are a couple numbers from Mira's Gone By that when removed from the Deccan or in common usage between one through nine, 10, if you want to include the cipher, two and five. It's why the Pentagon is the Pentagon. Because the five-pointed star, which has directly to do with the bodies of men and women, um, has been put to ill use to create the Pentagon there. There's your bad intent. Now, if I would have just said, hey, man, I got four apples. Would you like the fifth? There's nothing evil about that five. It's just the way it shook out in common usage within the Deccan. But the evilest of all numbers, according to Crowley, was 11. But Crowley wasn't being all the way honest because what Levin actually is, is two. Two pulled from the Deccan with bad intent is an evil number. And once you begin to know these things, you begin to understand why is it that when I pee, I'm going number one. And when I'm doing the other thing, I'm going number two. Why is it that 9-11 and that 11 idea has permeated everything in this modern takeover bid? 3-11 is where it kicked off here. There's your reason. There's, it's one of the many aspects that's being leveraged off. But my point is, is so many people live in fear that, oh my God, there's these numbers and I don't know whether they're good or bad. Or, and so it perpetuates the fear mindset. So you engage in an illusion, which is unhelpful to everybody. And so I would just say to you, quit being afraid of stuff. Just identify the source. If it's coming from the news, you already know. You don't got to ask anymore. You know what it's doing. If it comes from your so-called government, well, they're not here to help you. I'm sorry to tell you. You know what's going on there. If the central bank's up to it, well, I'm pretty sure we can agree that the central bank is not concerned with my well-being. So get away from being afraid of all these things and start to recognize intent by place. Start to build a mindset. And what you will find is all the big corporations, they're not helping. And when you begin to understand that, you will begin to see that most of the systems, the mainstream systems are built by these places and they're not helping. And more than anything, quit being afraid of it. 
start looking at it and saying, you know what, I don't appreciate that. I would like my nephew or my daughter or the people I love that are younger than me to have a better dang world. What can I do here? Shift your thinking. Like the advice that Matt gave you coming into this, do three kind things today. Boy, boy, if that would catch on, what a difference we'd see in a short period of time. But Matt, I want to thank you so much for having me on, man. Yeah, my pleasure. This this is amazing. It's everything that I uh, hoped it would be and more. Um, I could talk to you all day. And you know, for my listeners who don't know your work, definitely go check out your podcast. It is one of the most highly regarded ones out there. You know, uh, and and you do just incredible research. So I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else that you would uh, want to leave the listeners with or share? Sure. Um, we're coming into a new era, whether artificial or otherwise, because we're still trying to piece together how to read the sky clock and understand that we know we are correct. Um, there is no method that I would choose over another. I think everyone who's working on it, tropical, sidereal, any other method, good on them. They're helping. They're helping us get back to sanity. Um, but people can find me at crow777radio.com, C-R-R-O-W, 777radio.com. Excuse me, first hours are free to everybody. You can join at any level to get the full shows. And if you're a recurring member, we give you free keys to the movie Shoot the Moon, which, by the way, when we put that movie out, no one would touch it with a 10-foot pole. And we thought, well, they're not ready. And then all of a sudden, major film festivals picked it up. Jason has received eight laurels on that movie so far. And the last one came from Jaipur, India. Uh, of course, the home of Vedic astrology. I, I talk a bit about that in, in the film, um, but there's all that. I do have a YouTube channel, um, which is just Crow 777 with two R's, uh, but I don't push it much because who the hell knows if that'll even be there tomorrow with these kind of fearful rulers of our world that are going to try to control the thoughts and speech of everyone. Good luck with that, guys. Uh, by the way, I read the end of the Bible. Pretty sure the bad guys lose, just to let you all know, but Thanks so much, Matt. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, this has been a treat and a pleasure. And I definitely recommend uh, people check out your your show and your work because it's, it's incredibly fascinating and empowering. And I think that you're spot on with everything. We need to get out of fear. Um, and you do that. What I kind of process is recognize what the threat is, right? So that's kind of what we've processed and it can be scary but you don't want to stay there then you go full tilt building the solution with great people used with the divine spark that's within you and with it all people and then the sky is the limit we've got it we just have to make that choice and that's the beautiful thing is we all get to make it for ourselves so um if you can make that choice i think you'll be guided and led and supported and taken care of i wouldn't trade places for one hot second with the people who have all the power in this world they're going to take a fall that's going to be astonishing. Uh, what I don't know is whether I have to finish my life battling against this nonsense or whether an act of God occurs tomorrow and we start to get back to a track that's more acceptable. But I know one thing for certain. I'm a living man and I know what's correct and I'm not going to put down this rock no matter how heavy it gets. I'll carry it to the goal line. I love it. Same. Well, uh, thank you so much. Thanks, guys, for listening, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal 
Crow777. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the show. If you can share it, you can leave a review, uh, send it in Messenger, send it any way you can. Just recognize and know the censorship is absolutely unbelievable. So we do need you to share the episodes and do what you can. The best way to stay in touch if you enjoy the show is to go over to mattbelair.com, sign up uh, to the email list, but become a member. Stay connected. Uh, you can do it by donation. There's a bunch of donations over there. If you go to mattbelair.com and you click the membership, you'll see all kinds of donations that you can give. And if you needed uh, $0, that's totally fine. You just hit me up, Matt at zenathlete.com, um, and I will hook you up. I would love to stay connected because the information is the most important. And I work full time really, really hard on this. And so if you could contribute, you know, a dollar or three dollars, it goes a very long way. But I also understand that, you know, people are, it's, it's tough times right now. So um, I am of service to you and would love to see you over there. Um, if you are interested in diving deep and you want to work one-on-one with me and you also want to join a community that is supportive, that is like-minded, you know, of brothers and sisters who are really wanting to make a difference. They want to uh, live in a better world. They want to architect a better world for themselves, for their families, and for the future. Uh, just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. There are several things that we can do over there to help you on your journey journey um, to architect your life deliberately and navigate these times. would love to be of service to you that way. So that wraps it up. Um, let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we uh, close this off. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, compassion, energy, strength, confidence and the universal divine spirit thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode